1: live from everywhere USA it's Fox across America with Jimmy Fallon
2: here we go here we go coming to you live from the greatest country in the world broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City it is Fox across America with Jimmy Fallon a man who has never been to the southern border Two years into his tenure, neither has President Joe Biden, but yesterday and now a few minutes ago today, he reiterated that he is headed down to the southern border next week. I don't remember that ever happening, but it did. And we have the clips, although don't get too excited when Biden was asked if he'd make a run to the border. He did think uh, they were referring uh, to Taco Bell from what I was just told by my sources. Biden's lost his marbles. Oh, stop it. We'll get into the leader of the free world as well as the ongoing Republican quest to find a leader in the House of Representatives.
1: What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here?
2: We'll explain. We'll explain what's responsible for the log jam in the House with a former member of the House. Jason Chaffetz is going to join us today. Uh, all of our scheduled house members who are supposed to be on today, you know, the Jim Jordans, the Byron Donalds, the Cat Cammocks, uh, they're all back in the house trying to come up with some answers. So you won't hear from them today, but you'll hear from Chaffetz and you'll hear from Divin Dave Landau, fantastic comedian, one of my better pals in the business. And, of course, we will hear from you if you are so inclined, 888 788 9910. You know the rules on this show. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. You can be a Libertarian. You can be anything you want to be, okay? Be all that you can be. Remember those Army commercials? Be all that you can be. They used to run them after G.I. Joe. But they don't have—I don't think you can have G.I. Joe anymore. I think it's G.I. Josephine. I think they had to, like, degender it.
1: What the hell is the world coming
2: to? I don't know. But whatever you're coming to, whatever conclusion you have drawn, you can express it on this show freely. Be a Republican, be a Democrat, just don't be (laughs) a— Hey, let's start really quick with some good news. We did receive word about an hour ago from the Buffalo Bills that DeMar Hamlin's neurological function is fine— and he seems to be showing strong signs of recovery, so much so that a teammate tweeted that he was alert and awake and doing well. That is a huge win. Like, I am beyond thrilled uh, to tell you. And if you have any empathy in your body, I know you are as well. If you watched those horrific images the other night, it was a lot to get through. Um, and, you know... I was pretty open about the fact that we weren't going to try to turn this into some political commentary on football, or maybe some, you know, vaccine. People were like, "Well, it was the vac." We don't know any of that. Okay, so as I said Monday, we will only talk about Demar Hamlin in terms of what we know. Of course, that message was lost on the women at The View. The View was awful. The View did a whole thing yesterday that we'll get into later in the show with Dave Landau about banning football and, you know, white men and the patriarch and everything in between. But right now, while we are celebrating the neurological health of DeMar Hamlin, uh, we are sad to report uh, that the president of the United States is not in. Fine mental health. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. I don't know that we can, but I want to begin with a clip yesterday. So Biden is down in Kentucky hanging out with Mitch McConnell, and they're celebrating the passage of their bipartisan on the bus spending bill, which by the way That is so embarrassing. No one at a time when inflation is at a forty year high, our national debt is at thirty three trillion dollars. No one should be celebrating the fact that we just printed and spent $1.7 trillion that we don't even have to our name. That is financial lunacy. It's also the status quo in Washington. It's one of the reasons the congressional holdouts in the House don't trust the establishment to do the right thing if they go along and confirm Kevin McCarthy. They've seen no signs that the establishment will represent the will of the people. Now, Joe Biden was out there yesterday, not only representing the will of the people, but uh, he was representing a... What he called an old saying, which I got to be honest, I had never heard before until he said it. Biden does this all the time. The problem is not that he speaks in gibberish, okay. The problem is that oftentimes there's a buildup before the gibberish, meaning he gets big and emotional. And you all know what I'm about to say now. So you tune in like this going to be good. And then this happens.
3: We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by... Go, you know the you know the thing. <laughs> I mean,
2: dude.
3: Do you speak any uh, English?
2: <laughs> we, we hold these children. Oh, men and women. About it. Go, you. You know the thing. We have a president that is clearly not all there. That's part of the problem. So yesterday, he's speaking in front of a bridge in Kentucky. And if you look closely in the background of the bridge, you can see the sign language interpreter jumping off of it. Because he can't believe he has to try to make signs for this nonsense. I mean, really, total mess, okay? And I've said this before, I feel bad for sign language interpreters, because Biden makes them look like they're bad at their job. Because if you're following along in the audience and you see the signs, and, oh, here comes a saying we all know, we used to use it in my old neighborhood, everybody's signing back with the same level of anticipation that you're listening with. They're saying, oh, well, this ought to be good, the old saying from the neighborhood, we know this one, and then this happens, it is clip 27.
3: I've traveled over 140 countries around the world. As I was, I'll paraphrase the phrase in my old neighborhood. The rest of the countries, the world not a patch on our genes. If we do what we want to do, we need to do.
2: I mean, man, the rest of the world. Let me give you the verbatim. I've traveled over 140 countries around the world. I was the paraphrase, the phrase, in my old neighborhood the rest of the is the world, is not a patch in our genes if we do what we want to do, what we need to do.
3: This man needs a retirement home and
4: a warm bowl of soup.
2: Listen, man, we laugh about it. We're like, oh, the elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor. We have fun. It's a coping mechanism. It's what we do. The media might pretend it's all fine and great and dandy and he's sharp as a tack. But you know who's not pretending this is okay? Our enemies. That's true. That is is true. One of the reasons you see people like Putin emboldened on the world stage, you see, uh, you know, Kim Jong Un lobbing missiles over Japan, you see China surrounding Taiwan, is because they don't believe. There is a cognitive functioning voice in the Oval Office right now. They believe that they're just a patch on America's genes, whatever the hell that happens to mean. Biden is such a disaster. He really is. And nobody believes he's in charge. And about a week ago, if you remember, we were yelling and screaming, it's probably two weeks now, because Biden was asked in the last week of December if you were going to go down to the southern border. And what did he say at the time? said, no, come on, we got more important things to do than go to the border. Oh, really? At a time when, you know, five million people have crossed since he got into office, at a time when the fentanyl has become the number one cause of adult death in this country, at a time when 30% of the women who cross our border illegally get sexually assaulted, so you're talking about, you know, literally over a million sexual assaults since the guy got into office, there are more important things to do than look into stuff like that, folks. Clown stuff by Joe Biden. But why did he say it? Because in traditional politics, in traditional politics, okay, it's not as important, okay, the reality will always come second to the perception they're trying to sell you, optics over outcomes. The optics, if they go, are really bad, okay? You go down there. He brings the whole press pool with him. So now there's imagery all over every channel in the country, not just Fox News, who have been covering it relentlessly with Bill Malusian and his fabulous hair. I mean, this guy's down there, rain, sleet, snow, doesn't matter. He's in the river. He's out of the river. Hair looks like a million bucks. If this doesn't end with Malusian getting an endorsement for some type of hair product, there is no justice left in this country. But the point is, we have been covering it. Why? Because we're trying to highlight a humanitarian crisis. We're trying to highlight these fentanyl overdose deaths. We're trying to highlight the depleted morale amongst our border agents who have testified before Congress to losing operational control of three sectors of our border. This is the front door of our house. Our border patrol flat out saying they have so much paperwork and human resources to do that they can't actually focus on securing the border. Here is Biden. Here's the clip he had given us in in mid-December. It was actually December 6th. I want to be accurate. Uh, Talking about better things to do than go to the border. This is clip two.
3: Why go to a border state and not visit the border? Because there's a more important thing going on. They're going to invest billions of dollars in a new enterprise.
1: Garbage like you just makes me sick.
2: Okay, he wouldn't go to the border if you wanted a politics to English dictionary. Because right now. Everybody in the country that's not a person who watches Fox News believes the, reporter, the, the border is some Republican talking point. Oh, they're just trying to slander Biden Oh, the border. Would you shut up about the border? What about January 6th? Did anyone get killed on January 6th? The answer would be no. The border is the leading cause of adult death in America right now. Think about that. And I'm not telling you January 6th is fine and dandy, but, you know, let's be adults about this. One is not the other. Okay, when you talk about people being sexually assaulted, when you talk about the families drowning in the river, when you talk about the 53 migrants that suffocated to death in a tractor trailer, but why is Biden finally visiting the border now? Because even Democratic governors are starting to speak up.
5: Oh, wow!
2: Okay, whether they're the mayor of New York, like Eric Adams, who has finally acknowledged that Washington needs to be doing more, or you're talking about Colorado, okay, where their governor is now saying, dude, this is ridiculous. We've got to relocate these migrants. I know we said we're a sanctuary city. I know we said no person is illegal. I know we said Americans should be building bridges and not walls. But that was before these illegals started showing up to our communities. Democrats are so full of crap. You see how that works? Martha's Vineyard. Do you remember Martha's Vineyard? Welcome to Martha's Vineyard, where no human being is illegal. And then 25 Venezuelans showed up on a bus and Martha's Vineyard changed the sign from no human being is illegal to get them out of here. Get them out. They were gone in 24 hours. They were gone in 24 hours. And why? Why did we find ourselves in this position to begin with? Because the Democrats and their political opposition to Trump turned around and abandoned the principle they themselves had embraced. The Democrats voted for border wall funding two times. They voted once under George W. Bush. They voted a second time under Barack Obama. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. They loved border wall funding because everyone should. It's the border Of your country. It's the front door of your house. It's no different. Okay. You want to know who's coming in and out of your front door at night. Doesn't mean everybody who walks past your house is a criminal. That's not the statement you're making. Okay. The statement you're making is in an effort to be responsible and keep your family safe. You want to know you want to secure the entrances to your house. But they started running a narrative in the press when Trump said build a wall that securing the border never happened anywhere else in the world. And it was racist to even think about doing so. It was made up by these sick people. Seriously. Oh, no, what do you mean? We should be building bridges, not wall. What do you, we, First of all, we shouldn't be building bridges because under this administration, everybody be jumping off them with the inflation, the crime and everything else. But the point was, political opposition is supposed to come with a basic decency. If something's good for the country, you're not supposed to slander it and run it out of town just because you want to score points against the other side. But that's exactly what we've done in this moment, okay? And the game they were playing, okay, in the Democratic Party. This whole Looney Tunes nonsense of, no, border, it's securing the border's racist. The border's secure to begin with. What are you even talking about? Well, the jig is finally up because now it's the Democrats who have been forced to acknowledge it, too.
6: That's all, folks.
1: A show with substance and style. This is my oldest guy in the boy band look. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He's a good-looking Italian.
2: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. This show heading back out onto the road in February. I'm in town doing a lot of TV in January. Uh, but in February, you'll see me at the Carson Nugget. Saturday night, February the 4th, out in Carson, Nevada. On February 17th and 18th, I will be at Fat Cat's Comedy Club up in Utica. If you're listening on WYBX, get my man Davey. Get him down to the Comedy Club. March the 3rd, I will be at the Federal Way Performing Arts and Events Center in Seattle, Washington. Come for the comedy, stay for the Antifa Riot. And then uh, March the 4th, I'm at the Crest Theater in Sacramento, California. And then in April, we're back out on the road. April 7th, I'm at the Tower Theater in Bend, Oregon. April 8th, we will be at the Egyptian Theater in Boise, Idaho. And then April 21st and 22nd, gas up the Camaro, tease up the bangs, Tina. We're going to New Jersey. We will be at Bananas in Bergen, New Jersey, uh, April the 21st and 22nd. And uh, you'll never feel better about your own drinking. Then when you go to the Bananas Comedy Club in Jersey and meet some of my Fox News friends who will definitely be at that show <laughs> and in bad shape in the process. Uh, right now, the real comedy, though, uh, taking place in the house where they are about to nominate Kevin McCarthy for a seventh time, a seventh go-round. And one more, I do believe he wins a toaster. I think you get the pick. It's like they give you a catalog. You get a toaster or you get a set of wine glasses. I'm not sure. Uh, But the nominating speeches are taking place right now. We're going to have Jason Chaffetz inside this little huddle in the next break to walk us through the ins and outs of how this works, what kind of horse trading gets done, what kind of wine list they're allowed to order off on K Street if they go along with the nomination. I don't know. I don't know actually how it works. But I know I'm always excited to see uh, Mr. Chaffetz. One of my questions Uh, about this is the labeling issue. What I've heard a lot of people say in the media is like, ah, you know, the Republicans look really disorganized, which I don't doubt is the case to a lot of observers. But I was heard. I heard a lot yesterday around this channel. They were like, wow, this looks so disorganized. We can't have the Democrats calling this disorganized and just on a superficial level. I'm like disorganized is the nicest thing they've ever called the Republican Party. We've just gone through a year of white supremacy, semi fascists, You know, you're all bigots. You're all racists. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. But the point being is disorganized is probably, I mean, we should send them a thank you card for calling the Republican Party disorganized. Is it disorganized? Yeah, probably. Okay, but I will tell you right now, I don't know. If he has the votes in this seventh vote, I do know Nancy Pelosi, whatever you think of her.
0: Nancy Pelosi is a total
2: dingbat. Fine. But her whole MO, her whole ethos is I would never go to the floor if I didn't have the votes. Okay, when you're the House speaker, that's your job. Get the votes. As Britt Hume said last night, it's like wrangling cats. Well, in this instance, McCarthy has let the cats get away six different times. Okay, this is now a seventh floor vote. If he's going to the floor for a seventh vote and they don't have the votes, I got to be honest, man, this is a really bad look. This is a really bad (laughs) look. And I don't know how this plays out, but Chaffetz very well may. But the only case I keep hearing, and this is what I want to ask Chaffetz because he knows this stuff. The only case people keep making is like, do it or you're a terrorist. Do it or you're an obstructionist. You know, social pressure doesn't really work on people, you know, who seem to have seen through a lot of the BS. And what I mean by that is a lot of people don't trust leadership right now. The omnibus spending bill, okay, Republicans voted for that. They voted for that at a time when, you know, literally 4,100 pages sat on their desk that nobody had even been able to read or audit. When hundreds of millions of dollars in pork flew out the window, the Republican leadership and Mitch McConnell not only voted for it, but he celebrated it When he was done voting for it. That was embarrassing. So you understand if people are a little skeptical right now, there is reason to be. Um, Chaffetz knows this better than anybody, though, so I'll let him walk me through where I might be right, where I might be wrong. I don't care. The point of this show is not Jimmy's omnipotent radio hour where I just lord over the conversation and demand to be acknowledged as correct. I get things wrong all the time. Have you seen my wardrobe on TV? My lord. Okay, but the point is they're getting ready. They just nominated Akeem Jeffries. They just nominated McCarthy. Dan Bishop is speaking right now. Let's hope he's not going to nominate me. He just nominated Byron Donalds. So here we go again. <laughs> Jason Chaffetz will be riding shotgun when we come back to call balls and strikes on the seventh nominating contest in the House of Representatives right here on the big bad one and only Fox Across America.
1: It's the morning show that uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
2: Oh, you bet it is. And if the band sounds fired up, it's because they are. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Ushering in some high-priced talent now. Uh, red carpet has been rolled out. Staff has been advised no eye contact is permitted for the next 10 minutes with the Well, and you
5: get, you're busting out the, the, the shirt. T- the shirt. Uh, host of the Last Jay-
2: time I was here, you wore oh, we'll that get into, shirt. Well, listen, let's defund the fashion police for one minute, and we'll get into this. He is the, the host of the Jason in the House podcast, former superstar congressman turned Fox News contributor. Jason Chaffetz is here. And he's hit me hard for wearing my red shirt again. Oh, no. I've I'm only worn this twice. Oh, the, the thing is, the shirt comes with. Oh, there's some boots. No, it comes with the boots. Things are happening. I gussy it up for the Fox Nation crowd. Yeah, what I, what, I
5: don't usually get the Western treatment when I come to New York <laughs> and you roll it out. I I'm do impressed. the right
2: thing. It's like the Olive Garden when you yeah, you're here. I family, feel more at home. Yeah, I want you to I feel more at home. I the Intermountain
5: West. Uh, we are the Rocky Mountains. Thank you. Know? you. Mm-hmm. Don't when you think of Rocky Mountains, you don't think of Utah, but you should. No,
2: it's the right thing to do.
5: It happens to be the the western side of it.
2: Uh huh. No, I'm very pro Rocky Mountain, but what I'm getting right now, Chaffetz and the and the condition I'm in is this is partly a Western look condition a, you're in. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Oh, I thought
5: you were saying you were conditioned. No, I, <laughs>
2: no, I, I was questioning my, the my, conditioning. My, well, my shirt it half looks Western. I also look like a figure skater who let himself go. <laughs> Because this is something you'd see on like a hundred and five pound figure skater that it's gets like hoisted at the end of the routine. It's Two figure skating outfits and use them <laughs> together and make one
5: nice big failure version.
2: I am Siegfried and Woz. I am both of them, not one and the what other. I what was that movie? What was that movie about the Blades F- of Glory? Yes. yes, the figure skaters. A great that, one. With, oh, we, oh my gosh! Fantastic one. So yes. that's me. I'm kind Blades of, of Glory. I'm, I'm a figure skater who got a little carried away during the lockdowns. Got a little. You <laughs> (laughs) You know, a little too much time on the couch. We're not landing double Lutzes anymore. We're doing double cheeseburgers. That's the problem. (laughs) There's no triple SalCal, maybe a triple-double at Fred's Deli. But stick with me, Japheth. We got a vote going on in the House. Uh, This is the seventh go-round. Now, I want to ask you this because you've been a part of this process, and you know it better than I do. Okay. Um, There's obviously a lot of pressure on the holdouts. I just want a horse-sense reaction here. Do you get the feeling that nothing would get them to go along to McCarthy because it's personal, or are there genuine concessions they're holding out for? What's your gut? Um, You you can't lump
5: all 20 into it. Okay, Um, that's fair. And and, and so I think for some of them it is so personal, Mm -hmm. and they don't trust them. There's distrust on both sides going both directions. Mm -hmm. That's where I don't know that. McCarthy can ultimately get to the finish line because yeah. I think there may be more of those people. When your margin's only four, yeah. um, you know, can you peel off four, five, ten of them? Yes, uh-huh. but
2: you're still shy of what you need to get to. All right, so I want to expand on that because I do think, to, to a point you mentioned, that there could be more people that feel this way. Right now, they have cover you know, they can keep voting to confirm him yes. and look like they're not against this and they weren't part of the disruption because they have the disruptions do, disruptors doing the heavy lifting for them. But are you saying if he comes down, if it, for whatever reason they withdrew the bid, you might see an avalanche to the other guy?
5: Yes. And I think, look, ultimately you have to get to 218. Yep. That's the way their founders set it up. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the members didn't set up those rules, our founders did. Uh-huh. So I, it, it, you have to get to a consensus. person. Oh. My sense of it is, and this is sort of a Republican's view of it. Uh-huh. Sometimes it goes to the person who really doesn't want it. does not yeah. even ask for it. Yeah. it, it that's how that Paul Ryan Paul. got there. Paul Ryan. Yeah. yeah and it, it, there's something appealing to the group that, you know, mm. and it, you look at the chaos and look at the margin, look at everything. Who
2: does want to do this? I mean, come <laughs> on. It's a rough gig. Jason Chaffetz is in the house. Uh which is, uh, oddly enough, very similar to the title of your award-winning podcast. Yes. Uh, a podcast that will book anybody. I've been on it. You yeah. didn't make me wear the red shirt, though. <laughs> we can come back. There was no <laughs> Hey, I would love to. Come on, Chaffetz. I'm a fan. Uh, and you know that. So this is the other question I was going to ask you then, knowing what we know about the process and where we are in, in the process at this point, because he's going through a seventh vote. There's four other votes right now. So he's very close to basically coming out of this without it an eighth time or a seventh time. Um, at some point, you know, if you go into the floor without the votes, I don't understand what, they, what they're what they hoping is going to change. That's what I just wanted to ask well, you.
5: Well, so the Republicans don't control mm-hmm. the vote. The, yeah. the person in charge is the clerk. There yeah. are no official members okay. of Congress.
2: So it's not their decision. That's it's true, not no their decision.
5: No, nobody's wow. sworn in. So. Kevin McCarthy, look, they're up to six now that have voted against us, so it is going to fail. Dang it. Again. This is nuts. Um, And the question is, will it be 20 or 21 or or get worse or get better? But it is the clerk and the clerk alone that gets to make these decisions about
2: calling these votes. Wow. That's fascinating stuff. So let me ask you this. Um, On any level, are you enjoying the fact that— that it's gone through the ringer the way it has. I know it hasn't happened in 100 years. Um, I'm kind of getting a kick out of it because I do believe it was drawn up to uh, entitle us to rigorous debate. I don't know that anyone in Washington is. You know a lot more people in Washington than I do. Is anyone enjoying this or are they like, this is nuts and we look bad? Uh it- I have advocated for years uh-huh. that the
5: process by which you select your nominee to become the speaker has been broken. Oh, good. There's no transparency to it whatsoever. Uh-huh. Think about it. They're second in line to the presidency. They're the Speaker of the House of Representatives. They, they hold one of the most important. Why Kevin McCarthy? Yeah. Well, that's, that's what like, I wanted like, to does ask. Does anybody you? know? Okay. Like. Look, the reality is he's there because he raised the most money. Yeah, that's that's wh- the re- the reason that's Nancy Pelosi was the yeah. speaker because she raised the most money. Yeah, that's how we're going to pick the next. So, like
2: I'm with you. That's what I've been saying. There
5: should be a debate. Members mm-hmm. should be on the record. There should be a vote. Mm-hmm. Now, I have also said, look, I would have voted against Kevin McCarthy in wow. the conference meeting. Uh-huh. Conf- you would think that those who wanted to run for speaker. Mm-hmm would put their names up and there'd be a debate. You would be wrong. Yeah. There is like a conference question and answer of which a few members show up. Okay. Less than a week after the election, they get together and they vote. Wow. Now, Kevin got the majority of the majority, Mm -hmm. but he got like 180, 190-something votes. Okay. But not the requisite 218. And they thought that, hey, people would cave at that point. Yep. I, I wouldn't characterize it as caving. I would have fought against it. I would have said, hey... No, I want somebody else.
2: You've been f- in leadership for 14 years. Yeah, things have not gotten better. You no, had your chance. You can't listen. I'm with Amen to Jason Chaffetz. I didn't know how this was going to go because I have been screaming that this shouldn't be the guy. I mean, in all honesty, and if it is the guy, this shouldn't be the process for anointing him as the guy.
5: Well, okay. So, but here's the point, though. Mm-hmm. When you have that discussion, vigorous discussion in the conference, which they really didn't ever have. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would have then said, all right, I lost. Yeah, Kevin got the majority of the majority. And not plurality. Yeah. He got the majority of the majority. It's the so-called So Hastert this could have rule. played out in private. It could have. Uh-huh. And then I would have said, hey, look, I lost. Uh-huh. And I compared it to where I was at with Donald Trump. Uh-huh. I originally supported Marco Rubio. Uh-huh. So did Trey Gowdy. So did yeah. Tim Scott. So did Mike Pompeo. I think about that, Yeah. And then, but you know what? Marco lost. And mm-hmm. so we got behind the nominee and we voted for him. He ended up being, a, in my opinion, a great president, but I wasn't on his team no, he was con- to get him elected. Yeah. But I did vote for him. And I said publicly I was going to vote for mm-hmm. him before the vote. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at some point you got to hash that out. But it is a team sport, too. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, you get elected, you report to your
2: constituents, but being in the House is a team sport. Mm-hmm. I know it's fascinating stuff. Jason Chaffetz is in studio. The one thing I've laughed at is I've heard a lot of pundits make the case on TV that, you know, the Republicans got to wrap this up because the Democrats are calling us disorganized. And I'm like, that is the <laughs> nicest thing they've ever said about us. I'm like, so we get a week off from being called su- white supremacist and fascist and a Hitler youth and anything in between. I'm like, who doesn't want a month of disorganized? This is, a ne- we should send them a Hallmark card.
5: Gosh, and for the two years of the Democrats, are you kidding me? <laughs> that. that, that- that's,
2: that's that's embarrassing in itself. I know. Thank you. And, I, you know, I made this point on Twitter yesterday. It is not embarrassing to take two days or five days to pick a speaker. What's happening to the country right now is embarrassing. The border is embarrassing. OK, yeah. the spending is embarrassing. Inflation's embarrassing. The end of the Afghan troop withdrawal was embarrassing. Right. OK, I would talk to that with a lot more you know, purpose than this, because I, I, you know, I think outside of politics and people who analyze it on TV for a living, I don't think this story has a life- a day beyond we select a speaker. Totally agree. Thank. All right, yeah. Two weeks after, do you think anybody's going to look at no. their review? Those guys took six days! <laughs> <laughs> all right, so then tell me this, because that's a, another part of the case, is they keep saying, well, we got to wrap this up because we got these investigations. What is the difference if they start on Friday or they start on Monday?
5: Well, I will tell you, all one right, of the ramifications me. is mm-hmm. we're about two months behind. Okay. The, the, the problem is when they, the benefit of picking this speaker or who the nominee is and being united the week after the election is, then you go select your chairman, uh-huh. then you go select the members that'll be in those committees, okay. then the members are able to hire the staff, and then when you get to January the first week of January, you're up and ready to go. Wow, none of that has happened. Well, nobody's even on LinkedIn
2: yet. You're telling
5: me, yes, nobody's. the best way to say it. And so they got to go through all that process.
2: <laughs> then they can issue the paperwork. So, then they can do the subpoenas. So all of you aspiring staffers have at least another week to scrub your social media. so <laughs> yeah, uh, Jason Chaffetz <laughs> giving you an APB. Get those twelve uh, foot uh, liquor shots from Cancun exactly. in the grill off the profile. That that drink with two straws in it that looks like a Roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> Real talk. Uh, um, what... <laughs> just tell it like it is. But no, I find I, I really appreciate your honesty and your candor because I've been watching everybody, everyone's attempt to cover this. And I see two different takes on it. I have found myself in kind of the Tucker camp of I find this enjoyable, first of all, because I don't think anyone in leadership should just be handed leadership. Yeah. Uh, it's and an I, open seat. Yes. And I, yeah, that's what I mean. It's an open seat. As you said, we're basically giving this gig away to the person who sold the most interests in the country. Yeah. And I remember this. I remember when you were a congressman and you had transitioned to media and you had said one of the reasons you hey, left can was we you come s- up with a different word. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when you were working for Epstein, <laughs> yeah. you're like much better, much more respected, <laughs> way better. <laughs> Get it. Uh, but but I know I remember you telling me that a lot of the job is just a perpetual fundraising exercise. Yeah. And if that is the case you know, then we're really not operating with the people's interest in mind. So I on some level have to admire these holdouts. As you said, I can't group them all into the same intellectual class. But one of the things I heard Chip Roy saying, and I want you to see if you could speak to this, is, you know, a lot of what he was asking for were rules changes. And the Mm -hmm. fact that there was a rules committee dictating what did and didn't happen when it came to the passage of Bill and debates and stuff like that, that they really didn't have a lot of control over under the current setup. Um, Is that a valid critique by him? And is it something that could be addressed on the back end? Does it have to be addressed now
5: yes i I do there's the rules package Mm -hmm. and then there's the rules committee two Mm -hmm. totally separate things okay the rules package is roughly 55 pages of how the house will operate okay um how many days will you have to review a bill those types of things when a bill is moving through the process, the ultimate stop is the Rules Committee. They set the rules by which the House will debate. Usually, they waive the rules that are part part of the yeah. standing rules, and they come up with new rules. That's crazy. That's where the rub is, and that determines how many amendments are, how long you get to speak, uh-huh. um, how many amendments will be made in order, uh-huh. which amendments will be made in order. Wow. And so, you know, you gotta, you gotta, st- and it's a very small committee. <laughs> I think there's. Six and five, six mm. in the majority. And so if you if, – the rules committee is prestigious yeah. because you hold all the cards and
2: then you control the floor time. Wow. That is unbelievable. I didn't – you see that. And so so I think there are some valid critiques in that then. Yes. And like I, I admire that because there's so much pressure in this day and age, you know, go, go along to get along. Uh, that on some level I just I, – I find this refreshing. I don't mind watching people squirm. Like when I hear, we haven't done this in 100 years, that doesn't make me think this is bad. That makes me think the last 100 years were bad. I mean in that we didn't properly well, but, vet leadership positions.
5: Well, yeah, so here's the thing. You only took one member to what's called vacate the chair, that mm-hmm. is have another vote on speaker. Yeah. Nobody really invoked it. Yeah. And so then all the Mark Meadows decided to – threatened to invoke it on Boehner. Uh-huh. So Boehner said, look, I'll probably lose that vote. So he said, agreed to step down. And that's how he we went through this process and ended up with Paul Ryan. Wow. Nancy Pelosi saw that and said, I'm not going through that. <laughs> and so she changed the rule where you had to have like 50%. Uh-huh. And the only one that could call it had to be from leadership, an impossible threshold. Yeah. And now these people have come back and said, no, no, you got to be able to vacate the chair. I think they gave up too much. Kevin McCarthy did. Uh-huh. And still might not get what he wants. Well, I don't understand why you agree to five people to vacate the chair, but mm-hmm. you don't br- that doesn't bring you any votes. Why would you agree to that? Don't it's, agree to anything it's until you get to the point of, well, are you going should, to be a
2: yes? Should Should McCarthy have back-channeled a consulting deal where he hired Pelosi for tips on how to get through this. <laughs> because well, for all we say about her... Yeah, I know. they You know, know they that hate two rams yeah. that are crashing their <laughs> I know, but she was good at this. She was good at wrangling her party, was she oh, not?
5: Well, the reason she did is she raised the most amount she of money was. in the history of the United States Congress, bar yeah. none. Uh-huh. She has raised more money. Uh-huh. And that's what she would do. She'd sit you down and she would say, I'm going to lock up your, all of your fundraising you're not going to go anywhere. You're going to raise any money anywhere. Wow! And that's, that's how though. she got them all in line for that's- votes.
2: <laughs> she carried rem- a big hammer. It reminds me. There's a scene in uh, Animal House at the beginning where he goes, "If you mention extortion again, I'll have your legs broken." <laughs> <laughs> Pelosi, yes. the heavy, but she got it done. Yes, I'm telling you, McCarthy. Text Pelosi. She's retired. She's got time. Ah, uh, Chaffetz. This was fantastic, man.
5: I love being on fun. And I really, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you dressing up each time. <laughs>
2: <on>. <laughs> it's so funny because i am it's like it's almost like a ventriloquist act, but I'm wearing the puppet shirt. <laughs> this looks like the Howdy Doody Tell You t-shirt. told me you got a hand up your... <laughs> <laughs> I'd say, listen, don't yuck my yum, okay? We all got our own thing. The great Jason Chaffetz. We're
1: back after this. The show that's not afraid to hit the road. The stars
2: at night are big and bright
1: this is fox across america with jimmy thaler
2: it is fox across america with jimmy thaler gonna take a quick trip out to los angeles my man barry is on the line yo barry Jimmy, uh,
7: thanks for uh, Jason Chavis. Uh, he was, I think, he was spot on. In, um,
2: it was phenomenal. The candor. The pro- yeah, God.
7: The, the problem is, the problem is, the Democrats in the media are experts at exploiting things. They're right. exploiting this. They're already, they already labeled twenty of the twenty-two or twenty of the twenty election deniers. This is and in Dude, all Dan honor, Crenshaw called them terrorists.
2: The Republican labeling has been exactly. worse. than oh no no, no, no,
7: oh, oh, no, no, yes, I agree with you 100 percent. Crenshaw yesterday was ridiculous. He he was worse than anybody. Mm-hmm. I agree. However, they need they don't understand that they will. This will hurt them in the long run. Mm-hmm. Again, they're losing 20 to 200. Mm-hmm. That's all you're going to hear a year from now,
2: come election. But you're time, not because they're not going to talk about it. Are, when the election. Barry, are- Barry, I promise, and I'm not, I'm respectfully just, I want to say this. No one is voting in two years in the 2024 election based on how long it took the Republicans to pick a speaker. They're going to be voting on the conditions in the country. No one votes on this. He, Every, everyone's he, a prisoner of the moment in the modern era of politics because of social media. These stories become so omnipotent that they're the only thing that matters till they don't matter. And this story won't matter a day beyond the selection of the speaker.
7: I disagree because they've exploited January 6th. They're going to do again. They're January 6th, to, they're, though,
2: was like an attack at the Capitol. It's a different thing. OK, this is just yeah, voting gonna, to confirm a speaker. We've had contentious speaker debates, not like this, but no one votes. on January, that. Listen, when, when, when Reagan said when Reagan night. said, ask yourself this question, are you better off now than you were four years ago? He didn't say, are you better off now than before it took the Republicans five days to pick a speaker? I'm just telling you, I respectfully disagree, but I do love you. And I'm not cutting you off. I'm getting cut off because it's the end of the hour. Call back any time. This one's over. We're back in the next hour.
1: Live from everywhere, USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, here we go. Here we go. Lacing them up. Or another big hour of Fox
2: across America that could very well include another big vote in the House of Representatives, because Kevin McCarthy has just failed in his seventh attempt to become speaker. I mean, how many times does this go on? The current vote as we speak, McCarthy, 159. Hakeem Jeffries, 172. The other now has 18 votes including one for Donald Trump to be Speaker of the House. What the hell did you just say? Matt Gates going rogue and voting for the man from Mar-a-Lago, who technically could be the Speaker of the House. That's the way this thing works. It does not have to be a member of Congress, nor should it be someone who has simply raised the most money from outside lobbyists. Okay, understand, as Jason Chaffetz Very candidly said in the last hour, Jason Chaffetz was a member of Congress. Jason Chaffetz has voted for House speakers in the past. Jason Chaffetz is intimately familiar with how the process works. The thing they keep telling you over and over and over again is, oh, this is embarrassing because it hasn't happened once in the last hundred years that they took this many votes. That is a fact check false. No, what's embarrassing is that in the last hundred years, We haven't subjected the person in the leadership position to the level of debate and scrutiny that we are now. In the past hundred years, every year since 1923, the House Speaker position has gone to the person who has raised the most money.
1: He knows what he's talking
2: about. Kevin McCarthy is not the nominee because people think he's like a savvy dealmaker. He's not the nominee because they like his vision for the country. Kevin McCarthy is the nominee simply because outside interests that are trying to influence the way our leaders vote gave him more money than anybody else. Correct the mundo. Okay, that's really not the qualification. That that's not where the bar should be. Okay, the bar should not be who can get the biggest bar tab down on K Street. When the lobbyists take everybody to Cafe Milano and they have a $6,500 bottle of wine and tell our politicians what to do with our taxpayer dollars. So I, for one, love this. I think it's amazing. I don't care if it goes on for another week because here's a news flash. The story ends the second we choose a speaker. Everybody telling you, oh, this is going to come back to bite the Republicans. No, it's not. You're not going to the polls. Well, yeah, you know, the inflation's bad. The border's out of control. The crime rate's through the roof. But more importantly, you know, it did take the Republicans three days to choose a speaker. So I'm voting Democrat. No, that's not how it works. Ronald Reagan asked, are you better now than you were four years ago? He didn't ask, are you better now than you were before the Republicans took three days to choose a speaker? The story doesn't matter. Here's the problem with the age of social media and the media omnipotence in our lives now. Everyone is a prisoner of the moment. Everybody believes the way we feel today is the only way we're ever going to feel because you can't get on your phone, you can't get on your computer, you can't go to a urinal at a restaurant without seeing the news of the day in front of you. It's all the most important story in the world till we're never going to talk about it again. I think he's got a point, Folks, there are 300 missing people on a Malaysian airliner that's been gone now for like seven years. Has anyone brought that up to you in the last like five? The answer would be no. In the last three? The answer would be no. In the last two? The answer would be no. It doesn't matter what the story is. Doesn't matter if it's life or death. Doesn't matter if it's House Speaker. The point is our attention span is very finite because we live in a very aggressive, we have dialed it up to warp speed. And news stories do not stick around. They just don't. Okay, believe me, if they did, Biden wouldn't be president. We would have invoked the 25th Amendment. Okay, we've watched the guy talk to dead people. We've watched him shake hands with invisible people. I played you the clip earlier of him saying, you know, there's an old saying that America's a dog patch on the genes of other countries is what we said in my neighborhood. And everybody was like, What the what is going on here? This isn't good. Okay, but the point is, no matter what the story, no matter how big, no matter how small, it's all we'll ever focus on, again, as far as we're concerned in the moment. And then the moment ends and the circus leaves town. And that's where we are with House Speaker. If it takes another week, I don't care. And you want to know why I don't care? Because right now the position goes to whoever has sold out our interest the most. That's why Nancy Pelosi was Speaker and had the reign that she did. She could raise the most money. Okay, Kevin McCarthy could raise the most money. That is the superpower. But does raising that money help you and me? The answer would be no. No, because the money's not coming from people who want to help you and me. The money's coming from people who want to help themselves. That's true. That is true. And so as this drags on, the vote is now 204 for Jeffries. McCarthy at 181. Donald's has 17. Trump now has one to go with it. This is hilarious, if you ask me. Okay? I uh, To be clear... They could make Trump the Speaker of the House. They could do, do it right now. Okay, you don't have to be a member of Congress to get it. I'm not saying he's going to get the votes. I'm not, I'm, not, you know, I'm not saying it's a good idea. Okay, but you want to know what the best idea would be? It would be taking a guy, as I said yesterday, like Byron Donaldson, giving him the gig because he's not a swamp rat. He is not beholden to every special interest group in the country. And on a superficial level, he does nullify the playing of the race card by the Democrats. They're going to play it. Okay, Corey Bush tweeted yesterday... And I'll get to her tweet in a minute because it's embarrassing. They're going to play it. They're going to say, oh, it's a token. This is the Corey Bush yesterday with a straight face. Said he is the uh, a black man who supports white supremacy. That's pitiful. I mean, it's absolutely pitiful to perform like that. Pitiful. Let me read you this. This is bananas. OK, this was her tweet. I mean, man, oh boy, oh man. OK, so Corey Bush, remember the one who said she wanted to defund the police And then got caught spending over $200,000 on her own police detail. Defund the police. You don't need them. Screw you. But, of course, she was going to continue to have them. And when she got busted... What did she say? Screw you.
8: I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to to allow that. So if I end up spending two hundred thousand, if I spend ten, ten, ten more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets because we're trying to save lives.
4: What would you do with the brain if you had one?
2: Corey Bush is a shameless, race-baiting idiot. It's not because of her race. It's not because of her gender. Stupid people come in all shapes and sizes. If you don't believe me, turn on The View. The View is awful. We'll get to them in a minute. But here's the Cori Bush tweet yesterday. Byron Donalds is not a historic candidate for speaker. He is a prop. Despite being black, he supports a policy agenda intent on upholding and perpetuating white supremacy. His name being in the mix is not progress. It's pathetic. Yo, dude, are you serious? Cory Bush is a clown, a straight clown to say that he's a black man who's here to perpetuate white supremacy. Byron Donald's come on my show all the time. Okay, I know I'm on the air. I know I'm off the air. Okay, he is a person who legitimately cares because he's new enough to Congress that they haven't tried to buy him out. I don't doubt that they've tried, but he ain't taking it. Okay, he wants a new day in Washington. But the reason Democrats are as racist and as disgusting as they are towards people like Cory, uh, toward Barman Donalds, is because he represents an existential threat to their monopoly on the black. Vote, okay. That's the problem right now. Is the Democrats have spent the last fifty years with an attitude of? Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump? And you ain't black. But unfortunately for them, enough prominent black conservatives have stepped forward to question what the Democrats have done for the black community. Oh, oh, I'm in trouble. Big trouble, because the answer to what the Democrats have done for the black community is absolutely nothing. Defund the police led to a 32% spike in the black murder rate. Does that sound like progress for the black community? The answer would be no. Did you know that 62% of the people laid off because of the vaccine mandate were members of the black community? Does that sound like progress? The answer would be no. Restaurant mandates, store mandates here in New York City? The vast majority of the unvaccinated people reside in the black community. Are we helping them by not allowing them to go shopping? The answer would be no. Okay, does a 40-year high in inflation help the black community? The answer would be no. Democrats have done nothing. For the black community, but take their support for granted. OK, Byron Donalds is a guy who speaks to that reality, which is why every time he gets in front of a microphone, the Democrats. No! Oh, no, no! OK, that's why he would be a perfect guy for the job. Reese knows things, though. Reese is in Sheridan, Wyoming. He might be pro McCarthy. I don't you never know where it's going to go with Reese. Hey, buddy.
9: How you doing? Uh, happy New Year's dittos to you, my friend. My man. Why the heck didn't you last more than two seconds on the bowl on New uh, Year's Eve? For the Eve?
2: record, all right, uh, this is getting serious now. I'm going to post the video, Reese, because I have the video on my phone. I was on that bull for like a legit 25 seconds. They just came back from break at the second I flew off of it, and they posted that uh, as my score. It was a scam. Stop the steal. Right. Stop the steal, uh, Reese. Okay, I am I will send you the video. That's it. Reese, you're the guy. I am going to I'm right. going gonna, gonna to out this once and for all. Go ahead.
9: Dude, I texted you. Oh, did you? send me the text of your video. Well, I don't have that. That's on my phone.
2: And it's not my phone number anymore. They did me dirty, and I had to cancel that number the next morning. Dude, it got over 300,000 texts.
9: (laughs) I bet you did. I bet you did. Hey, listen, here's what I think. I think we got to hold the line. So anybody that's listening, call your representative. Hold the line. Do not vote McCarthy. We got to uh, we got to save this country and drain the swamp. Yep, that's what the problem is with this country, is there's so many corrupt politicians everywhere you go. There's corrupt people on the Republican side too. We just got to get rid of them. That's what I'm saying. We just got to get rid of them and get a new person that is. Is, I guess, maybe a little bit more like Donald Trump wants to drain the
2: swamp. Well, That's listen, this is the problem, though, because we all say that Trump wants to drain the swamp. But McCarthy, the swamp creature, is his guy. That's the problem. As Matt Gates called him out for yesterday, he's like, I love Trump. but Ma- But McCarthy is his worst H.R. decision in the history of his career. And it's true. The problem is, OK, he does want to drain the swamp. But the swamp, it's not its not going to be drained. So the way you need to do this is you need to get people in there that in the short term are not beholden to the swamp. That's where Trump was so valuable. It's not that he actually could drain the swamp. It's that he wasn't part of it. That's where Donald's would be so valuable. He's not part of it. So McCarthy has just lost again. Either way you slice it, I believe he's finished, Reese. And if he goes to the vote an eighth time, he's a crazy person. He's disqualified himself. So I appreciate your wisdom and you can look forward to seeing a video of me on that bull for 25 seconds in the very near future.
9: Boy, I hope so. Because <laughs> it was a shame to see you on the limiter for two seconds. You <laughs> got beat by so many people. That was sad.
2: Ree- you want to know something, Reese? If, if you want to go full bow because I tell you things you shouldn't know, okay? Yes, sir. Um, Cole Hauser, who who plays Rip on the show Yellowstone, is the guy who showed me how to work the bull because I was going to be controlling the mechanical bull when Will Kane wrote it. Okay, so after getting my little tutorial on how to work the bull, I got on it to ride myself and I was watching the end of the Ohio State-Georgia game on the cameraman's cell phone. I was watching it because Jenny's family is a bunch of big Buckeyes and we were watching uh, the game at the very second they turned on the bull. Now, to my credit, I really did, and I have a video of this, I really did stay on the bull for like 25 seconds, but as they panned into it from commercial, I was flying off the bolt. In theory, what you saw on TV was less than two seconds, but I have the actual proof. These are like the JFK files. I'm going to release them in 50 years and everyone's going to be brought to justice, okay?
9: Well, you know, Jimmy, you probably just post that on your Facebook page just to, uh, you know, settle the score. So
2: all right, Ree- listen, everyone can but... blame Reese for this, but it's coming. All right, good talk. I'm glad we're going to put the scandal in our rearview mirror once and for all. Happy New Year. The great Reese, uh, listen. This is the one problem because I love Reese. And as far as that, I will post the video because it's really funny of me flying off the bull. If you didn't see it, you actually should see it. Um, But in truth, you're going to look at it and go, that was in two seconds. It was probably like 25 seconds. Uh, I did a better job that I'm getting credit for. I don't care. I mean, my job is there to entertain and be a comedian and make fun of myself. So I don't care. But uh, Reese sure does. And if you're in Wyoming, you're in Sheridan, Wyoming you're listening on KROE or, you know, you're out there, you know, you do want your radio host to be able to ride a bull. I mean, they teach you that at like the age of two in Wyoming. So I understand where Reese could be feeling a little let down. Uh, But no one is letting us down harder than Kevin McCarthy right now. And we're going to spend some more time on that after this on Fox Across America.
1: The show that leaves you without hope or change. I'm telling you, man, this stuff will poison your mind. This This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
2: Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, keeping tabs on this House vote. Boy, oh, man, oh, boy, the final score this time around, Hakeem Jeffries, 212, Kevin McCarthy, 201, Byron Donalds picks up 19, Donald Trump picks up a vote along the way for good measure. You're about to hear the greatest speech you've ever heard. Well, I don't know that he's accepting the position. It's only one vote. He needs to get the 218. Uh, he's pretty far away. But you know who else is really far away? Kevin McCarthy. OK, I keep hearing brilliant analysts. Britt Hume said this last night. I trust Brit Hume's judgment, understanding and interpretation of the inner workings of Washington better than anybody. And I don't know the guy. OK, I've had him on the show once. He was brilliant. I thought he was really funny. Uh, but I've been watching him. I've been watching him, you know, for decades. I mean, Brit Hume worked at other networks, you understand. He's been ca- covering the you know, he's been covering politics in Washington since Reagan. OK, Britt Hume knows his stuff. And I form opinions of people based on their record. Like I watch him. Oh, he's right about that. Oh, he's smart about that. Oh, I never thought about it that way. Like Brit Hume. OK, really gets it. And one of the things I heard him say last night was a very simple analogy that resonated with me. Britt Hume said last night, he said, "You know, being House Speaker, you gotta, you know, you gotta get the votes. It's like wrangling cats. When you're House Speaker, you know, wrangling, wrangling votes is like wrangling cats." Okay, Kevin McCarthy has just let the cats get away seven different times. That can't be good. No, he's gone to the floor without the votes seven different times. You got to do better than that. Okay, for whatever you think of Nancy Pelosi, and we spoke to this earlier with Jason Chaffetz, Nancy Pelosi was good at her job. She was famous for a quote in which a reporter asked her, hey, are you worried you're not going to have the votes tomorrow? And she said, I wouldn't be going to the floor if I didn't have the votes, meaning, no, I'm not nervous because I took care of this already. Okay, so in the history of her career, okay, she probably never went to the floor once without the votes ever because she was the top fundraiser in her party. She did have that leverage. McCarthy, also the top fundraiser in his party, which is why he's in line to get the position, has now gone to the floor without the votes seven different times.
1: This could be a problem.
2: It's a big problem. And I got to be honest with you. Donald's didn't increase his support. OK, Matt Gates cartoonishly now voting for Trump. We had one present vote. So Jeffries is stuck at 212. McCarthy stuck at 201. And this isn't about to resolve itself anytime soon. And the truth is, I think, you know, you can't group everybody the same, as Chaffetz said. Some of these people just flat out hate McCarthy and they do not trust him and they won't vote for him no matter what he concedes. That is true. There are people like Chip Roy that want legitimate front end concessions to the rules committee. Because they want to be in a position to affect how we draft legislation, read legislation, before we actually vote on legislation. Think about it. Chip Roy is being labeled a domestic terrorist by the Dan Crenshaw's of the world. That pandering idiot. Why? Because Crenshaw wants the status quo, which is what? Whoever donates the most money gets to determine who the House Speaker is. House Speaker for the last hundred years has gone to the person that has raised the most money. Okay? Okay. Not the most support from you and me, okay, but the most money. And they were able to say to the people within their own party, hey, you got to make me House Speaker or I'm not giving you any cash for your campaign. At which point they were like, oh, please, Mr. Fundraiser. Fine. Here's my vote. There you go. Okay, but thankfully we have some people out there that said, hey, you can take your money and you can shove it up (laughs) and I'm holding out. And that's why we are where we are. Personally, I think it's great. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. We are taking this show back on the road in February. This week, I'm just here doing TV. You'll see me on the Sean Hannity Show tonight, 9 o'clock Eastern time on the East Coast. I will also be on the Hannity Show tomorrow night at 9 o'clock on the East Coast. Me and, me and Hannity make it a double. Remember Ernie Banks, it's a nice day, let's play too. Uh, it's a nice week, let's play two. So me and Hannity will be doing some TV. It'll be box office gold. It'll be a ratings bonanza is what it'll be for the channel. Wow, that's a lot of tough love out of the control room today. Uh, But this show in February, I will be at the Carson Nugget in Carson, Nevada. That is Saturday night, February the 4th. That is one night. You can come down, watch the show, smoke a cigar in the lounge with me and Dean. I'm sure Clay's out there somewhere. It'll be great. Uh, We're doing a double show that night. Uh, The following... um, February 17th and 18th, I will be at the Fat Cats Comedy Club up in Utica. Shout out to WIBX. We'll be doing our show from there on Friday the 17th. Uh, And then we head out west. I mean, seriously out west. We go to Seattle. March the 3rd, we'll be at the Federal Way Performing Arts and Events Center. March the 4th, we'll be in Sacramento at the Crest Theater. And then in April, uh, we will be in Bend, Oregon at the Tower Theater. April 8th, we'll be at the Egyptian Theater in Boise, Idaho. And April 21st and 22nd, we will be at Bananas in Bergen, New Jersey. Uh, Come hang out on the East Coast if you want to see me do a local date. Uh, Of course, all of this subject to change if I become Speaker of the House, because right now we have just gone through a seventh consecutive vote of McCarthy not getting it done. Okay, not good. You know, what do they say? The the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a second different result. They're about to have an eighth vote.
1: You're a loony.
2: That's what you'd think. Uh but let's talk to Gail, who is in Las Cruces, New Mexico, who knows better than I do about everything in life. Yo, Gail. Hey, bud, how are you? You know, man, uh I'm getting a kick out of this because we you know, they keep saying, Oh, we haven't done it in a hundred years. Well, for that alone I want it to go on. I don't like anything we've done in Washington in the last hundred years. <laughs> why why not? Yeah,
8: that's this is true. This is true but i I hope you can loan me Mikey, for a while because I want to research how I put my hat in the ring for Speaker of the house <laughs> listen the only The only campaign I ever ran was for. Uh, high school class president, and I got two votes, mine and my best friend, okay. which is one more than Donald Trump got in the seventh <laughs> ballot <you> know <laughs> plus i'm on social security, mm-hmm. my income is capped at about fifty six k so they get me for two years at one hundred and twelve thousand dollars that's bargain basement well, well, right love compared it. to what McCarthy's earning right now
2: yeah'm well, right? plus ahead.
8: Mm-hmm. no no lobbyist is going to give me money. If there's somebody coming to meet me and there's money involved, they're bill collectors, <laughs> right? So I'm going to be beholden to no one. Mm. I'm, I'm the perfect candidate. No. I'm, I'm really hoping you'll step aside and back me.
2: Uh, and I, I actually am willing to throw my weight behind you based on what you said. There's just one fatal flaw to your logic. If I loan you Mikey, you're going to need a lot more than 112 k to pay the bar tab. The issue,
8: Mikey, are you going to let him talk to you? Like yes, he that? is. Oh. Yeah, yes, he.
2: Mikey, you shut yes, your mouth. Here. I'm kidding. He, he's a good sport. <laughs> no, Mikey, you want to know? I give Mikey a, a hard time. He's a young guy. He doesn't. He's not a big drinker. Like he's not actually a guy that goes out and has 35 drinks. The reason I actually make fun of him is because I don't know if you remember this about being young, but he doesn't drink the same drink twice. So Mikey will have, like, uh, he'll have a glass of wine, then he'll have a beer, then he'll have, like, a mimosa, then he'll have, like, a fuzzy navel, then he'll have a shot of tequila. And I'm like, Mikey, what are you doing?
8: <laughs> and, he's, and he wonders why. he <laughs> did <it> tomorrow.
2: <laughs> Mikey just said, how do you know what I did on New Year's? I got spies, Mikey. We're tailing him. Uh, Gail, from what I've heard, you're, the, you're in the lead. From what I heard, you are in the lead. I'm going to text Matt Gates and tell him to vote for you next time around. Let me know how it oh, okay, goes. Bud. If you get the gig, I, I want to, I want to, I want to tour the Capitol. It'd be nice to be invited in. So okay. you, we'll do oh, it. That, see you, buddy. Be great. The great Gale. There he goes. Las Cruces, New Mexico says he should be the guy. Alex is local. He's in Brooklyn. I want to see what he says. Yo, Alex. You know, Bobert might vote for me someday. I mean, <laughs> she keeps on changing her mind. So yo, I'm the still Bobert for that. Let's talk about this. Um... Yeah. I, I think Boebert, you mm-hmm. know, is one of the people who just won't vote for McCarthy no matter what he says. There are people who personally yeah, don't like and don't Matt trust Gates. him. Yeah, yeah, I agree right. with that. They're not voting for him no matter what the concession is. That's my takeaway at this point because Gates now voting for Trump is just cartooning the process. He's nominated Jordan. He's voted for Donald's. He now voted for Trump. So to me, it's insane. yes, it is to that regard insane. Yeah. But I guess what their plan is, because I know you said you don't think they have the plan. I actually do think right. they have a plan. I think the plan is What's to plan? block McCarthy. I think the plan is anybody but McCarthy. McCarthy. I think they know right. this is no. no but look, yeah. I'm going to give you. We have a lot of time, yeah. so I'm going to give you a lot of time. I just want to submit okay. this to the record. Um, mm-hmm. Chaffetz said earlier, "There's probably a lot more people than this 20 that don't want McCarthy, but they don't mm-hmm. want to go on record as doing so. So they're letting these people give them cover." But the minute he said McCarthy's speakership nomination is withdrawn, you could very well see an avalanche to whoever the next guy is, if it's a guy like Chip Royer, if it's a guy like Byron Donalds. So I think there is a plan. The plan is to kill McCarthy and give the people who want him to go down, too. You know, a chance to come vote for another candidate. They're not going to do it as long as McCarthy is on the ballot because they don't want to be called domestic terrorist mm-hmm. and obstructionist. That's what I think the plan is. What do you think?
6: Well, that's a good point. But do you see any scenario where McCarthy backs down? I don't see him doing that do. because then he, he loses the battle. He loses for good. His entire political career is basically over. This is what he was dreaming of since he he, he entered the Congress. Well, now this was yeah, you know, his well, plan in, in twenty
2: fifteen. Uh-huh. I think he, he yeah. tried to, to
6: become the speaker. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. This, but but. This, the The truth is I do see a withdrawal coming, and the only reason I see it Is because you won't see one from the other people. You won't see the Chip Roy's. You won't see the Donald's. You won't see the Boberts. They're not going to come. I don't Mm -hmm. think they're going to come around. And they have that power, Mm -hmm. for better or for worse, to affect change in Washington. Understand, like, the the one thing about the speaker gig is it is a scam. It goes to whoever raises the most money. And you don't raise the Mm -hmm. most money from you and me. You raise the most money from special Mm -hmm. interests. The very problem. From the corporation. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So it's like, whoever can sell us out the hardest. Yeah.
6: The only reason why Mitch McConnell had, you know, he, he the reason why he became the the minority leader in the Senate is only because of the money. Not a single person in that Senate likes him. Okay. It's just because they know if they, he gave them the money, mm-hmm. I mean, he cashed, he gave out millions and millions of dollars in this midterm election because he's tied up with the corporations. Yep. And, and nobody likes that person. But you know what? If these people really, like Boebert and Matt Gates, really care about, you know, solving stuff and getting, you know, some commitment. Because what what's going to happen is, right, according to you, Kevin McCarthy leaves, and then they'll get someone like Scalise, right? Scalise is not much different. Than I mean, no, it's going to be He's Scalise. Very moderate. I don't think they'd confirm Roy. Scalise
2: either. I think they want Byron Donalds. I think they want Chip Roy. That's what I think they want.
6: Yeah, but I don't think the establishment Republicans are going to go for, for Byron Donalds yeah, but or, that, or but, Chip but Roy.
2: Maybe not at the moment, no, but I think this is the, I think this is where you punch the establishment in the nose and say, hey – People wanted change in Washington. They didn't want an. They didn't give us the power of the purse so we could vote for an omnibus spending bill. And the Senate people in the Senate did that. You know, they sold out. They sold out the voters. And I think yeah, the Senate is not Kevin McCarthy. So no, I'm aware, that, but I it Well, I don't because this is the thing. McCarthy is part of that brain trust. He is part of the McConnell. He is part of the establishment leadership. That's the problem. Right. So it's not on him that it happened, but it's th- the fact that right. it happened is why they don't trust him. That's basically what it is. Um, but I honestly. Honestly, I think this is gonna go on for a few more days. I don't think this is uh a few more
6: days only. it looks I know. like a stalemate situation. <laughs> where, where, how do we finish this? It could, you know. Establishment Republicans are not going to go for Matt Gates or for anyone that these twenty Republicans really want because, no. you know, these like Matt Gates is not is not with the corporations. He's yeah. not the it one to able to get them. No, to Gates cash. can't
2: get it. Ga- it wouldn't be Gates in a second. It wouldn't be wouldn't Gates. Be Gates on a th-
6: wouldn't be Byron. Byron Donald. That do might happening? be
2: Byron Donald's. Would surprise you because he's be. that. I'm telling oh, you, well. he's, he's that well connected in Washington in terms of people appreciate his aptitude, um, and they now, do. See, they right. do see him as a future franchise quarterback like Byron Donald is a guy that could be president someday he's young now
6: yeah he's he's he's, he's good you he know the talk. talkies yeah, he's a good guy but and he takes a lot think about away the from ramifications? democrats uh-huh what do you think about the ramifications that are you know going to come from this in terms of the maga movement uh, for the primary in 2024, for Dude. people that are endorsed by Trump, I think the longer <laughs> this goes
2: on, the worse it is for Trump because McCarthy is Trump's guy. And the fact that since Trump tweeted every or Truth Social, everyone get behind McCarthy, McCarthy has now lo- officially lost a vote. He hasn't gained one. He is so people are, are not afraid to stand up to Trump. And I, th- mm. I honestly, I think the longer this goes on, the worse it is for him. Now, who listen? Overnight's a lifetime in politics. That could change tomorrow. But I mean, we're kidding ourselves. If you thought there was a world a year ago where 20 Republicans would say no to Trump. And one mm-hmm. of them was Matt Gates. You know what I'm saying? Matt Gates yep. was, you know, is, is as Trumpy as they come. So it's very I mean, interesting, man. Yeah,
6: is the same story. It's, yeah.
2: It's something you would never imagine, the, yep. kind, the kind
6: of situation we find ourselves well, this, in. But, but you know what? At, mm-hmm. least, at least they're not spending money for a couple Thank of Thank you. Uh,
2: Thank you, Alex. Yep. Drag it out for another month. Yeah. We'll save some cash. Good call, buddy. <laughs> Good stuff, my man. I'll see you soon. Uh, my man, John, is out in Butte, Montana. Yo, John.
3: Hey, brother. How you doing? Happy New Year.
2: Uh, uh i I'm, you know what? I was going to say this to you. I saw a guy this morning on the subway with 2023 20, glasses on. Now, is he like really enthusiastic about the new year or is he still just out from Saturday night?
3: Uh, he's still drunk.
2: <laughs> new York is back. New York is yeah. back. Yeah.
3: He's not. He he ain't even sobered up yet. He's still trying to figure out where the heck he's going.
2: (laughs) I got to go find him. He was on the he was on the F train. Uh, He was apparently pretty effed up on the F train by your logic. Um, Let's talk about that. Who's the new speaker?
3: But there's two names that I would throw out there. One would be Lisa Elden. Okay. The other one is Mikey.
2: (laughs) There's two votes for Mikey. Now, what is the rationale for Mikey? Go ahead.
3: Okay, because if you've really got to think about it, man, look at everything he's got to do for you. All the crap you keep giving him, and that man still smiles, laughs, and has a really good time. I'm surprised he ain't poked you in the rear end with a stick
2: yet. Well, I'm into that. That's why he won't give me the joy. I'm kidding. Stick with me. I'm kidding. I'm being silly. (laughs) Um, Now, Mikey, I think, would admit, Mikey, get on the mic for this for a second and school John. I th- I think for whatever amount of craziness I am, I must be like the easiest radio talent to work for in the world. Am I not? I mean, I, w- I want to think so, right? Am I? Oh, of course. I tell Com- people
5: that all the time. I am yeah. pretty
2: reasonable. Now, Josh, you've worked with far more hosts. I will not hold it against you. Uh, am, am I reasonable to work for? I would like. I'm, to be- on the monster level, you're way, way, way down low. Okay. Yeah, you're fine. Okay. You're I don't know. I, you need to know, John. You know how they say like a woman needs a friend who will tell them their butt looks big in those pants? You need to have that moment oh, yeah. once in a while. Well, thank you for that, fellas. But no, I am, I am pretty low maintenance. I think, yeah, Mikey, here's the thing. He, he actually could drain the swamp. He would drink it. That's the problem. So I don't know that he'd be a very effective House Speaker. He'd be like the guy with the 2023 glasses on. Um, But I like Uh, where your head is at. It's
3: either the 2023 glasses or he's going to be the one sitting over there with a gavel and a scotch in his hand going, (laughs) all right, now what?
2: It's like we got Boehner back. I see what you're going for. Nostalgia (laughs) is what you're after. Ah, John. I'm telling you. It's nuts. I, I, I'm enjoying this. I know there's a lot of people that are traditional political analysts that are losing their minds because this is unprecedented. But it, it shouldn't be unprecedented. If someone is going to be second in line to the presidency, why shouldn't the application process stretch out a few days? I mean, I was the head writer on a business show. I'm not, it's a great job. I loved it. I had about four interviews before I got the gig. Are you telling me second in line to the presidency doesn't come with a, a second interview?
3: Well, here, here's the thing, okay. is that when you really look at it, you've got a job like that, pretty much the most powerful person in Congress at that point in time. I would expect somebody to turn around and, and at least dig into everything, find out where they stand. My understanding is that the 20 people that are holding out on them, not all of them have an actual reason besides the disdain for McCarthy. I mean, I, I don't see that as a justification to hold out on it. Mm-mm. You've got valid complaints, yeah. Valid well, I'll
2: I'll play some of Chip have Roy. Yeah, I'll play some of Chip Roy um, in the next break, then, and you can hear it because Chip Roy speaks to the specifics of what they want, which is rule changes and process changes. That it doesn't sound like they're getting on the front end, uh, but they're going to have to get something, you know, because if McCarthy is not withdrawing then he has to make some pretty big concessions at this point. So it's going to be interesting to see how it goes.
3: If he ends up, if he keeps giving in to more concessions, then he doesn't have a leg to stand on.
2: Yeah, there's, well, there's that too. I mean, again, if this job is all about the ability to bring the party together, he's 0 for 7. It's not a great way to get into town, John. You know a lot about getting into town. Maybe maybe, maybe you got to send some lot lizards down to the Capitol. I don't know what to tell you, buddy. Save some for the rest of us, pal. I'll see you soon. All
1: right. We'll definitely do.
2: Happy New Year. You're the best, buddy. There he goes, the great John. There we go back after this.
1: The critics have spoken.
4: It's a mess. It's a mess.
1: This is Fox Across America.
2: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, and the news is not all bad. Doctors are giving an update on DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills. He is awake, he is alert, and he wanted to know if the Bills won the football game. That is amazing. It's a great teammate, it's a great guy, it's a great day. And I am so happy for him and his family, I am happy for the professional football world. I'm happy professional football fans. And I'm happy for America. This was a good look for everybody who got involved and donated to his toy drive, pulled together and prayed for the guy and refrained from trying to politicize the situation. You know, there were some people online that I was yelling at for trying to make this about the vaccine. And there were people on the other side of this just flat out saying, you know, we should Banned football. That's what they said on The View. The View is awful. It really is. But in the next hour, I am going to play you a clip from The View commenting on this story.
5: No,
1: God! No, God, please, no! No! No!
2: Got to do it, folks, okay? I always say Fox Across America. It's our family meeting. I am the deadbeat dad at the head of this little dinner table. And uh, if I've got to go through this as part of my day, you kids are going to have to hear about it when I come home. That's just how it works. That's how it worked in my house. Smoke and Joe Phelan, my daddy would be out fighting crime. He'd come home and I uh, locked up this guy today. That was a little bank robbery today. I thought it was fascinating, you know. And then we'd get to go around the table and talk about what we did. And, you know, Sue studied hard and, you know, Joey was working out and Mike was playing ball. And then I'd be like, oh, I was behind the shed with a chick. What <laughs> the hell did you just say I, dude, I Dude, I have been, whatever you are listening to. And I'm, I'm really proud and happy to have a chance to share myself with you, my insanity. Uh, I have been conversing uh, and living at this level of whatever my intellectual know-how happens to be since I was five. So when you hear me on the radio, a lot of you don't know who I am. You're just kind of getting to know me. This is not like the meteoric rise of some showbiz personality. This is the opposite. This is the downhill slide of a child prodigy. Like at the age of five, if you sounded like I do right now, you'd be like, "Wow, that's a pretty sharp five-year-old. OK, but at my age right now, you sound like me. Everybody's like, have you ever had a checkup? But the point is, we're having a good time. And no, I'm not having the checkup because I know immediately the way this I know how this ends. If you think Biden's worried about the 25th Amendment, whoa, they will have me out of here in no time. Uh, But I will be replaced in the next hour uh, by Diamond Dave Landau. I will continue to host the show, but he will be the ranking comedian as he's coming on as a guest to tell us about his new web series, Normal World, uh, plug a couple of stand-up dates, and talk about the fact that a Virginia school district, uh, following in the footsteps of other school districts around the country, in eliminating their honors programs, because they don't think it's equitable to salute the kids who are the high achievers, because it might make you know the underachievers feel bad. Hey, how about instead of, I don't know, tearing down the smart kids, how about we I don't know, maybe build up the dumb kids? I admire your honesty. Well, there's not a lot of it left in the world, but I'll continue to dish some of it out in the next hour with Diamond Dave Landau, your calls, text, tweets, carrier pigeons, the whole shebang, shaboo. We're doing it. It's a big, it's a plus-size hour, as I say. An embarrassment of radio riches awaits you on the other side of this break, right here on The Big Bad, one and only Fox Across America.
1: Live from everywhere, USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America
2: with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, your radio buddy. Reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910 as we begin the third hour of this broadcast. The Republican Party beginning the eighth round of voting in the House of Representatives, Kevin McCarthy, Hakeem Jeffries, Byron Donalds receiving votes. Uh, <laughs> Trump got a vote in the last ballot. Uh, is McCarthy going to get there on this go round? The answer would be no. He will be 0 for 8 uh, is how it appears. A lot of people squirming in Washington. They're like, this is an outrage. I don't believe it. But uh, I, I listen, man, I, I love this sort of thing. OK, we are supposed to be. You know anybody's like a, if you're like a Trump guy and make America great again, drain the swamp, the establishment. You should love this. Yes, they are defying Trump's wishes. Trump wants McCarthy, but the MAGA people, like the Matt Gates people, the Lauren Boebert people, they don't want McCarthy because they think he's too establishment. And to be clear, Trump has a really bad hiring record in the fact that he's hated a lot of people he hired. I mean, Jeff Sessions was his first Attorney General. He trashed them the whole time until he was finally like, "Get him out of here, get him out." I mean. He's fired everybody. He's bashes, he bashes Mike Pence. He bashes Bill Barr he bashes everybody. Okay, he's a very transactional guy. And Matt Gates, to his credit, said I love Donald Trump, but he has a terrible HR record. And you don't have to like Matt Gates. Matt Gates is not going to be the Speaker of the House. Matt Gates is there to be a disruptor. Matt Gates, for whatever you think of him, okay, he was kind of banished from polite media society when he was accused of hooking up with a 17-year-old girl. He ultimately wasn't charged for that. But that was the accusation. The accusation came at the same time. A man was arrested and ultimately convicted for trying to uh, basically hold the Gates family hostage to try to extort $35 million out of Matt Gates, claiming they were doing so, okay, to go out and help free an American held hostage in Iran by the name of Bob Levinson. And that's where the story got personal for me. A lot of you don't know this. I grew up down in the house from Bob Levinson. Uh, he grew up where I grew up in Levittown. He raised his daughters. We called them Huffy, Huffy and Stephanie, those weren't their real names, uh, but I 'm still in touch with them to this day. They were the g- girls who hung out of my house. They had a Smurf clubhouse in their backyard. Levinson had gotten his daughters this giant mushroom because the Smurfs were a hit show when we were kids, and we all used to hang out in that little Smurf clubhouse and you know, play games and hide and seek and you know spin the bottle and
8: hubba, hubba.
2: Things went on, okay. I'm not proud. But that was like a very formidable time in my youth. So I have a, a, an affinity for Bob Levinson. And there were some dirtbags who tried to extort Matt Gates under the guise of, hey, we're really desperately trying to rescue Bob Levinson. Give us $35 million and we won't tell the public you are hooking up with underage girls. Now, the media ran with the story. What part of the story do you think they ran with? The one where a guy was trying to extort him for $35 million or the one where they said, hey, we're accusing you of hooking up with underage girls. If you picked underage girls, come on down. Okay, they ran with half the story. The media is a bunch of losers. Now, I'm not here to give Matt Gates the man of the year award. I'm just telling you that was the scam, and that's what ultimately got him banned from polite society in the media. You don't see a lot of them. He's not, f- he's not formally banned. The point is there is a... Um, an uneasiness based on that story. OK, nobody wants to bring on a guy who's accused of doing something reprehensible, you know, unless the guys are donating to the Democratic Party, which Matt Gates is not doing. Sam Bankman fried just robbed everybody of their life savings, but he got two meetings at the White House along the way. Did you read about that yesterday? No, the media doesn't cover it. But he's the biggest donor in the Democratic Party next to George Soros is the guy who's probably going to do life in prison for stealing everybody's life savings. He's Bernie Madoff Jr., but he donated to climate change and he donated to inclusion and diversity and everything in between. And, of course, they took his money. Nobody was asleep at the wheel. They were awake at the ATM. They were getting that money, girl. OK, so in this instance, as Matt Gates continues to hold the process hostage, I do want you to understand one of the reasons why. Gates used to come on this show a fair amount. And one of the reasons he was so hated in Washington by the establishment is because he would let you stand behind the the magician in Congress and explain how things work. And what I mean by that is if you remember Congress, OK, the House was dragging in Facebook executives. They were dragging in Jack Dorsey at the time who owned Twitter. They were dragging in. Uh, you know Mark Zuckerberg and plugging him into the wall and charging up his batteries because he's an actual robot. But they were bringing him in and they were questioning him about the role social media played in interfering in elections and censoring content. And what did Matt Gates say on our show? He's like, oh, Jimmy, this, all of these investigations are fake. They hold these investigations because they want the American people to think they're fighting for them in the swamp. He said, but the minute the investigations are over and everybody gets their 20 second soundbite, They all go out to dinner. They all go out to lunch with the same people they were questioning. This is politics as usual. It's all it is. Okay? If they're not going out with the person they were questioning, they're going out with their representative of the person they were questioning. This is politics as usual. Damn right it is. Okay? Two Gates' is credit. I don't need you to like him. I don't care. Okay? But the point is... He was willing to call BS on a lot of the establishment shenanigans that are perpetrated by the Uniparty. The Uniparty being the upper echelons of both political parties who want the same thing. And it's not for your life to get better. It's for them to remain in power forever. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. A genius. So as this thing drags out, you need to understand uh, that the holdouts are not about to cave. Because they know on the other side of this, they have no reason to trust leadership that says, no, no, this time around is going to be different. We're going to fight hard. We're going to represent the American people.
1: Come on, don't Uh, bullshit me.
2: Honestly. And the only case we're getting to vote for McCarthy is what? Oh, do it or you're a terrorist. You're the worst. You're a domestic terrorist. You're embarrassing us. You're embarrassing us. This isn't embarrassing. Embarrassing is being the party in charge of the country right now. That's tanked the economy, opened up the border, spiked the crime rate, left Afghanistan and $85 billion of our weapons behind along the way, gotten pushed around on the world stage by China. That's embarrassing. Okay, we were energy independent when Biden took office. We're not energy independent anymore. That was our own decision. Okay, that's embarrassing. Killing the Keystone Energy Pipeline. So we were basically just sacrificing 10,000 American jobs at the altar of environmental virtue signaling. That's embarrassing. Saying you're here to protect democracy, that's embarrassing. Saying that Georgia's voter ID law was Jim Crow on steroids, that's embarrassing. Taking three or four days to pick a speaker means nothing to nobody, including you, okay? The minute it's over, business as usual in Washington, that business, of course, being them selling out the country and your interests. The longer it takes, in my opinion, the better off we're all going to be, but I digress. I warned you before the break there'd be a clip from The View. In fact, I feel like I threatened you. Okay, the clip from The View comes on the heels of some very good news. Uh, DeMar Hamlin, uh, Buffalo Bills defensive back we've all been playing for, a 24-year-old young man who had a heart attack on the field. After a hit threw off the rhythm of his heart on Sunday, so far as we know, there will be more information, there will be more details released. Uh, But we are happy to report that DeMar Hamlin, thankfully by the grace of God, has seemingly pulled through. He is awake, he is communicating with his teammates, and doctors say his neurological function is intact. Thank God. Okay, that did not stop The View from talking about it. I'm going to play you one of their clips. I got a bad feeling about this. Do you ever have a good feeling when it comes to The View? Here is Joy Behar explaining what the problem with football is. Only 45% of Americans think that tackle football is appropriate. Uh, Heterosexual men voted the most support for kids uh, doing football. Mm -hmm. And conservatives were more likely to support youth tackle football. Just saying. I mean, Joy Behar, what a—I mean, just— Shut up! Will you shut up? Just idiots. Just idiots. So the, the, the concern here is we can't have football because so, white men like it. Heterosexual men like it. That's no good. Okay, conservatives like youth tackle football. That's enough. The conservatives like We just oppose it on the merits. Folks, let's start here, okay? Sometimes there's not a side— Okay, there's just a story. There's just a tragedy. Everything doesn't have to be cut in two. Okay, but that's what this is a byproduct of. Well, all right, football happened. So what do we do? Uh, What's the Republican angle? Okay, we're against that. Just the same as I was screaming at Republicans who were blaming this on the vaccine. You don't know the vaccine caused this, you have no data. Rushing in while a guy was fighting for his life and weaponizing your anti-vaccine narrative is reckless, it's disgusting, and it's the same thing we always get mad at Democrats for doing with gun control. Whenever there's a shooting, within an hour there's a Democrat on social media, it's usually within five minutes, saying, ah, it's the NRA's fault, it's the gun owner's fault, it's the Republicans' fault. And we go, dude, number one, don't, don't politicize a tragedy. Number two, you don't know, so shut up. Okay, sometimes there doesn't have to be a side. Sometimes a tragedy should be afforded the grace and the dignity, okay, of coping, of unfolding, of being dealt with. You know, or in this case of fighting for their lives. DeMar Hamlin has fought for his life with the help of some incredible paramedics and seemingly won. But The View wants you to believe it's time to ban football. Why? Because conservatives support it. But here's a newsflash. You know who football supports? Are you ready for it? Minorities. Okay, 76% of the NFL is black. Okay, when you throw in the coaches and you throw in the staffs, okay, that number rises just a little. Not a ton of black head coaches in the NFL, but some very good ones. Okay, being in the NFL is like one of the highest paying jobs in the history of this country. Okay, people are getting rich beyond all believable bounds. So this is another example of people taking a dopey, intellectually lazy activist position on behalf of people who didn't ask for one. Like, you know who didn't want to defund the police? Are you ready for it? Are you ready? Hold it together. Black people. I think he's got a point. When they polled black people in the summer of 2020 and they said, hey, do you want to defund the police? They were like, hell no. What are you, nuts? What do you mean? The, what is this a do-it-yourself job now when crime happens? Nobody comes? Wait, what? But the Democrats were advancing in a narrative, white Democrats. That the police were a bigger threat to the community than the criminals. That's stupid. Use your common sense. But they got out there and said it every day. Ah, the cops are racist. They give you any numbers to support the cops being racist? The answer would be no. Nope, none at all.
5: Get some facts and come back and see me.
2: No, they don't. have No facts. Zero facts. Zip facts. They just emotion. Bullying. Emotional social pressure campaigns. You like the cops? You're a racist. Okay, great. So I guess we'll have no more cops and more black people will die. The black murder rate is up 32% since the defund the police movement. Joy Behar to show how, you know, caring and considerate she is about this poor uh, black defensive back, Damar Hamlin, who is heroically battling through, you know, a trauma, a life-threatening event, that we should just ban the sport that's allowing him to support his family. Oh, that's great. That seems like you care about Damar Hamlin. Ban the sport that has given him a media platform so vast that the tragedy that has unfolded before her eyes has resulted in what his toy drive for underprivileged kids, many of whom are minorities going from twenty five hundred dollars raised to over four million dollars raised. OK, think about that. So DeMar Hamlin's, you know, misfortune has resulted in four million dollars for underprivileged kids. Joy Behar says not make that go away because she's Apparently looking out for these underprivileged kids. What an idiot. Okay, the view is weapons-grade stupid. Do you know that this year alone, in the year 2022 anyway, they had 36, 36 legal notes issued by the producers of the show legally correcting false statements made on the show that would have gotten them sued? Why? Why? Because these are stupid people. They go on the air. They take big emotional positions with no grasp whatsoever of what they're talking about. They're just selling self-righteousness to a lot of gassy middle-aged women who show up and applaud for whoopee and joy while they hate each other between commercials to be told that they know better than some goober conservative in podunk middle of the flyover states. I got news for you. If you live in the flyover states, you are a genius. You have an affordable cost of living. Your property taxes are a lot lower. You don't have to worry about walking out of your house with the kids in the morning and seeing some weirdo with no pants on. Yeah, welcome to New York. We're not the flyover states. We're the driveover states. We're driving over needles. Okay, driving over all kinds of filth and trash. And when we're not driving to avoid the hobbit running after us in the road, we're calling you guys idiots in the middle of the country. I know better, but nobody on The View does. These people are embarrassing. Okay, but we're living in a death of shame. No, no, we gotta ban football. That's what we gotta do. Wait, what? Yeah, because that'll help the black community. Do you understand how much good football has done? Do you know what professional sports as a whole have done? Never mind that as a country, it's supposed to give us common culture where we can put our political differences aside for two hours and just go be Americans. But Joy Behar doesn't want that either. Which is, I got to be honest with you, comical to me, because for somebody who hates football, she has the build of an offensive lineman.
1: (laughs) The show that's standing up to big tech. Get those nerds! 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 You're listening to Fox Across America.
2: Oh, girl, Kevin McCarthy has just gone down an eighth time on the speaker ballot. I'm not kidding. Their voting is underway uh, during this commercial break. Welcome back to Fox Across America. This is the eighth attempt to get McCarthy over the hump. The definition of insanity, of course, being doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. They have now done this eight times, eight times. Uh, It has not worked out, much to the chagrin of the Uniparty in Washington. The government's going to jump all over your head, Jimbo. Do you understand the Democrats want McCarthy in there more than anybody? I hope you understand that. He is an establishment guy, okay? The way Washington works, you've heard me make this analogy before. I make the analogy of pro wrestling a lot, partly because it's true mostly because my favorite listener is a guy named Davey who works at the radio station WIBX up in Utica. Me and Davey are real pals, and I know he loves 80s pro wrestling. But I always say the analogy in pro wrestling is that the fans at a pro wrestling event, like I went to a a pro wrestling event at the Nassau Coliseum, my buddy Bernie Laugen, We were in like fifth grade, and all the fans were actually like, it was passionate, they were beating the hell out of each other in the parking lot. It's like one of the first fistfights I ever saw was at the parking lot of the Nassau Coliseum on Hempstead Turnpike. And uh, I'm watching fans of wrestlers beat each other up. And uh, it wasn't until I got a little older uh, that I became chummy with a WWE wrestler, uh, Dolph Ziggler who is currently an active wrestler right now. And uh, one night, I'm not kidding, me, him, and Lincoln, my son, uh, in a proud moment for me as a parent, uh, Dolph was fighting at Madison Square Garden, and we went to Hooters after the fight.
8: Hubba, hubba.
2: (laughs) You know, what do you want me to tell you? We ate some wings. I was legit there for the wings. Uh, I think Lincoln had other ideas. Uh, But as I'm sitting there watching him have his wings with the other wrestler he fought that night, It dawned on me that when I was back at the Nassau Coliseum in the 80s getting in shoving matches with other wrestling fans, Macho Man versus Hulk Hogan at the time, it never dawned to me in the moment that the Macho Man and the Hulkster were actually hanging out as best friends while the rest of us were beating each other up. And that's Washington. The Democrats get on TV and hate the Republicans. The Republicans get on TV and hate the Democrats. But when the TV cameras hang off, they're all going to Hooters together. That's what's going on in Washington right now. As we speak, that's what's going on. I
7: love it when you talk
2: dirty. I don't mean to talk dirty, but that's how they're it. They're doing us dirty. Bottom line, we're going to discuss some of it, but not all of it, with Diamond Dave Landau, superstar comedian. He is touring the country right now. He's on his way out to the Denver Improv this month. Uh, But he's going to be stopping by in the next hour to discuss a decision by a Virginia school district to eliminate merit. No more honors programs for the kids because they think it's demoralizing the dumb kids. Heaven forbid we just get them a tutor. No, we just penalize the smart kids. And this is why we're going to hell in a handbasket. But Diamond Dave will save the day next on Fox Across America. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America. Your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon, Kevin McCarthy, giving me shades of Howard Cosell. Do you remember the famous clip where Joe Frazier, Smoke and Joe Frazier, got in the ring against George Foreman? Didn't end good. The iconic call from Howard Cosell. Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. Well, down goes McCarthy. He has now lost an eighth consecutive speaker vote.
7: You ought to be ashamed of Secretary- yourself.
2: Worth noting that he was wholeheartedly endorsed by Donald Trump yesterday. And I said this yesterday. Trump really opened himself up uh, to a body shot when it comes to critiques of the influence he has over this party. You know, and Chuck Todd and all those other dirtbags were out there talking about it. Here it is, uh, clip 16. Chuck Todd. Donald Trump, once again, was very helpful to Kevin McCarthy to the point of it got him not a single new vote. Not a single, not a
9: single
0: vote. Which but, is it's echoing. a kind of a
2: reminder of just we've been chronicling how much power he's been losing inside the party. I think this is why Trump had been so quiet for a while, for fear that his his voice doesn't matter. I think we just found out at least when it comes to getting McCarthy over the finish line. He could maybe end McCarthy if he wanted to, but he can't, couldn't crowd. There's a slob. There's a real slob. (laughs) It is worth noting, though, that it is unprecedented in the Trump era that as many as 22 Republicans would not follow Trump's lead. Trump, truth socialed yesterday. When he got out of bed, everybody vote for McCarthy. Let's put this to bed. Let's wrap it up. Today. Uh, Today has now become tomorrow. McCarthy has now lost two more times at the very least. Uh, They're going to vote again shortly, I would assume. I don't know when this ends. But joining us now is a guest everyone would vote for. Not only would they vote for him, but they would then, when the voting was done, they would head out to the Denver Improv. They'd see him do live stand-up comedy, January the 20th and the 21st. Um, that's assuming he didn't win the speakership vote. Dave Landau is here. Yo, Diamond Dave.
4: Hey, how are you, sister?
2: Yeah, better now, girlfriend. Um, I'm laughing. I don't, I don't mean to rope you into politics because I've just, I've had enough. I don't care. But the dude, Kevin McCarthy, has now run. I mean, assuming this is class president, he's run eight, eight times and lost. Would you run a ninth time? Am I missing something? I
4: wouldn't wouldn't run once. I don't even run now,
9: physically.
4: (laughs) But... But, no, I always wonder why people are glutton for punishment. It's like, you know what? People said seven times they don't want me. Let's yeah. feel this in eight.
2: <laughs> Dude, it's a weird, you know what I mean? It's like a weird get-the-hint moment. Uh, but he's ah, he's doing it. It's, it's going on, so uh, we're going to continue to cover it. But uh, I wanted to cover really quickly two things. Uh, first and foremost, so the highest honor someone can get in my book in terms of comedy, okay, is some type of an endorsement from my brother Mike. My brother Mike's the funniest guy I know. Like, growing up, he, oh. he could do, like, character voices and stuff. And, you know, it would always kind of pick on me, but in a good humorous way. And Mike was always, like, the comedy brain in the house. Like, I, you know, funny, do my own thing. But my brother Mike was the gold standard in my house. My Uncle Sonny, the late great Uncle Sonny, uh, was also, like, the, you know, the driving force of humor. But over the holiday break, I was out in Ohio, and I got a text from my brother Mike saying that oh you got to check out this web series it's hilarious and it was your web series normal world from my brother mike and that's awesome well well, hold on this is important because he did he knows you from the radio show but at the time he didn't know that that's who he was shouting out and i was like oh that's landau and he's like oh my god get out of here he's like i thought he sucked on the i'm kidding but uh no great (laughs) great if people haven't seen it just give me a plug where do they go get normal world
4: Oh, thank you very much, Yeah, This is the first episode we put out. It's a Normal World. You can go to uh, youtube.com slash the DT Landau. Um, I didn't think about it when I made the page 10 years ago.
2: But- <laughs> Yo, I have I have two YouTube pages that I started when I was a cab driver that I don't even know how to edit or take down. I can't. They're just there now. There's a <laughs> no. video of my kid like on a swing set. There's like an old stand-up set at an open mic, and I can't even take yeah. it down. Go ahead. So I feel your pain.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I really don't understand tech. So it's like, yeah, you can take, you know, it's like getting the worst directions to anything and people just give up. (laughs) But if you go to youtube.com, the DT Landau, also, if you go to my Twitter, uh, Dave Landau, Instagram, uh, Landau Dave, all that stuff. It's all there. There's links there, sketches, everything. Please check it out. I really appreciate that. No, no, f- Mike, if you're listening, thank you.
2: Oh, my brother. It's, what time is it? 2.40 in the app now he's in a Hooters. But the point is, who knows? You don't right. know. You just you don't know.
4: Is he with my brother? He's also <laughs>
2: named Mike. <laughs> <And he laughs> the same way. Oh, that's so funny, man. <laughs> that's so funny. But, yes, I loved it, and they should go see it, and I'm not going to give it give it away but uh, the first episode revolves very heavily around trauma and terminology and, you know, the victimhood they're selling on the left and perhaps maybe even some fake oppression. I would go out on a limb and say, uh, yes. but it's really it's it is it's like it's legit funny, man. like, you know, like I where I come from and I, and I know you're in the same boat. Like, if either one of us is at a comedy club this weekend, we're going to kill. We're good at this because we're emotionally tormented people who have devoted 20 years of our lives to figuring out how to get good at this. I don't take any, yeah. you, know, I ta- I, you know, I'm not embarrassed to say it. Like, you can't imagine how dead you have to be on the inside to get good at stand-up comedy. But the point no. is, we've been willing to fight those deaths. So I am always able to root for other comedy because I'm not insecure, and I know you're not either. So to see this come off and be as good as it was, it was actually actually a big moment for me because I want comedy to be good. Comedy had a bad reputation for a long time because the wrong people were in positions of power. But as they say in the movie Taxi Driver, one day a real rain will come and wash all this scum off the face of the earth. Well, get an umbrella, Dave Landau, because I think it's raining. (laughs)
4: Well, that means a lot to me, man. Seriously, it really does, because that's what I wanted to put out there. And thank you for getting it. And that dude, Boom. honestly, that's the highest compliment, especially if you can throw in the De Niro reference. from, his, <laughs> well, from that when, was... when he used to he used yeah. to make movies that were watchable.
2: <laughs> Who did a, It was an impersonation, and I want to give them credit. It was like it might have even been like somebody like Joel McHale. He was like my my impersonation of De Niro's agent. He goes, ring, ring, ring. He'll do it. <laughs> he just yeah. hangs up the phone.
4: <laughs> Oh, what's this, Bad Grandpa Six? Yeah, he's
2: in. <laughs> I mean, honestly, couldn't you uh, argue that Meet the Fockers 2 is a hate crime? It, that, like the nerve yeah. of them? Come on. It like,
4: it's like we're going to do uh, nine straight-to-video uh, movies with you and John Malkovich in action roles for some reason. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and who do you want? The star of Godfather 2. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's so demented. Well, listen. Okay, I'm going to transition into what I wanted to talk to you about because in singing the praises of your uh, your hit web series, I noticed that you didn't eliminate the more talented performers at the expense of the less talented performers. This Virginia school district. I texted you the story this morning as a parent. Uh, basically, a Virginia school district is, for all intents and purposes, giving getting rid of their honors program, uh, or at least not bestowing the honors on students until the college application process is done. In and the year has ended because they don't want to celebrate the smart kids at the expense of the dumb kids. And they're saying they're doing it in the name of equity. That's essentially how you read it, right? Correct. But can I can I argue then? I, and may I'll get your take. But to me, this is racist as hell. They're saying we can't have an honors program because it's unfair to minority students. But isn't them calling minority students stupid?
4: Well, yes. <laughs> I mean, that is essentially what it is. Or just saying, even across the board, like, look, I was a terrible student. Mm-hmm. There was no equity for me. Like, I have a twin brother named Mike. I graduated the year after him. <laughs> so, like, think about this. Like, if anybody's listening and picture this, you're at your twin brother's high school graduation. Tell you, guys. Nobody will look at you like such garbage than that moment. My mom even had Dave on the cake and just smeared it off (laughs) because she had some last minute hope for a Hail Mary and it just never came. So that that is it just and also I was in a thing called community school where they actually took the bad kids from both schools who weren't quite the level to get expelled yet. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> and they put us in a breakfast club type situation where you could smoke right outside the building. Oh, that's amazing! To keep us away from everybody else, so it wasn't even about like equality or equity or anything. It was just like, "Hey, you guys are such failures. We want to make sure nobody even sees you." <laughs> and, and and in this case, I would have been valedictorian.
2: <laughs> it's the no, yo, it is so true. And this is the part that I think we're getting wrong, is. In not reading people their truth... We are also denying them the self-awareness to work harder, to apply themselves. Like the bet you know what you know, they always say, like, we need a twenty five hour minimum wage. That sounds nice, but some of those jobs are supposed to suck. So you work harder and don't do them your whole life. Like the best thing that ever happened to me, it's why I never stopped talking about being a cab driver, is I realized I needed to do better. I needed more ambition. I needed to focus more on the things that I wanted to pursue. Certain jobs are supposed to suck. It's like scared straight. Do you remember scared straight as a little kid?
4: Um, I do and I also went through one at seventeen.
2: <laughs> Did you really? Where they yeah, yeah. All right, I I wanna hear this. But for anybody who's not familiar with Scared Straight, they would essentially what, Dave? They would take a troubled teenager and lock him in a room with a like a, a convicted violent felon who would then scream at him and threaten his life till he worked harder. Is that essentially what it was?
4: Essentially what it was, yeah, it would be three ex cons usually and they'd be screaming at them and be like, Give me your shoes and that sort of thing. <laughs> and then they'd have to give the convict his shoes. But, it, I mean, in real life, it was guys who were about to get out you know were actually safe around the kids, but uh-huh. they would terrify them into letting them know what prison was actually like. And they even brought it back in, I believe, in the, the mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. Even, they had a series on it. That, and, yeah, that's what it was. was it was a scared straight program.
2: Well, let me ask you a question. Was your particular scared straight uh, – were you scared straight? Like how did it play out for Diamond Dave Landau?
4: They brought us to the jail because I was uh, going in and I was arrested a lot. I used to be an addict we talked about it. And And uh, when I went in there, this guy's like, I like your earring. And it was just a jail. And one guy goes, you know, how many times have uh, you been blanked? in the blank. Can I yeah, say yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: smurfed guy, in the Smurf. There you go.
4: How, he goes, how many times have you been smurfed in the Smurf, Mr. James? And this guy goes, about 50. And he goes, this guy's for real and made the s- scariest eye contact you've ever seen from another <laughs> human being. <laughs> <gasps> oh. Oh, and that, it uh, and it worked, but it was like a jail. So you you know later I realized that it wasn't even like the prison because like, uh-huh. they wouldn't even throw me. But yeah, it was part of that program to make me go. You don't want to do this. And even then, when I was like a a bad trouble team getting arrested and stuff, I still worked. Like I had jobs all the time. <laughs> like I had, I was I was always a waiter or a busboy. I learned to detail cars, which may or may not have been for, you know, a, a connected branch of people. But I just. <laughs> you know I did a lot of fun things that but you do have to do those jobs because yes. you want the last like real job I had was selling luggage I sold upscale luggage in a very bad neighborhood in Detroit and there's really nothing that makes less sense than that <laughs> because you have to close by 5 so you don't get murdered and People would just run in and steal the luggage and run out, and I'm not the kind of guy who's going to chase after you. So people got a lot of free luggage.
2: and And the irony is the people who stole it wound up getting a position in the Biden administration.
4: Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Sam Brightman there you go. I'm like, where's my jacket?
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, I had a I had a lucky like Catskills joke on outnumbered two weeks ago. Because they were talking about that. The guy came up in conversation, and Kennedy goes, yeah, but that's over now. Biden gave him a pink slip, and I go, and he put it on. Hey-o! <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Come on, yeah, right. folks. You yeah, should— remember
4: right when it happened, yeah. they just tweeted, this guy just stole my prom dress. <laughs> <laughs> I had nothing to wear.
2: Oh, that's funny. Dave Landau is on the phone. You can see him at the Denver Improv, January 20th and 21st. Uh, you can watch his web series right now. It is called Normal World. It is on the YouTube. Uh, I also texted you about Cardi B. Give me a second on Cardi B. So she was complaining about inflation uh, on the Twitter, saying that lettuce was, was— Mostly lettuce. Yeah, she was really weird <laughs> that she was complaining about lettuce specifically. She said lettuce was $2, and now it's 7 Did, Is there any chance that she was confusing lettuce and weed?
4: I know. I'm like, I'm like, you do me had the same. But I'm like, you mean marijuana, right? Because there's no way who's selling you lettuce for seven dollars. And why are you buying it? Just Making up numbers.
2: (laughs) Well, they know she's a rapper and she's got bling. So they probably figure because she she said in the tweets that she gets a monthly report on what her household is spending. But this happens to rappers because it happens to pro ball ball players. They basically have financial advisors that are spending their money for them. And if you don't have a background in finance, you get robbed. There was a Sports Illustrated story. It's it's probably like 15 years old now about how a major league pitcher on the Angels from the Dominican Republic uh, was talking to a reporter about how he couldn't believe that car insurance was $200,000 a month in America which means whoever his financial advisor was had a progressive policy for $1,300 and was making $2.4 million a year. But that's what happens, you know?
4: This guy just hates Flo every time she's on TV. (laughs) He he
2: shot his TV. He wanted to get Flo.
4: Just like Elvis.
2: (laughs) Oh, man, I love that about Elvis. Fat Elvis is the greatest thing that ever happened to this country. He doesn't get celebrated enough. You know that?
4: No, he deserves a day, and I don't mean Elvis Day. I mean Fat Elvis Day.
2: <laughs> Specifically Fat Elvis. Well, Eric, just just to speak to our background as performers then, and I, and I can kind of leave you on this. This happened recently. My aunt Fran, who is as big of an Elvis fan as there is, uh, and rightfully so, as I said. I have taken my mom and my aunt to Graceland, and they've been on the plane. My mom, as a matter of fact, set off an alarm on Elvis's plane, uh, the Lisa Marie because she oh, sat, really? she sat on the bed because she wanted to say she was in Elvis's bed. That's kind of classy, gal. My Wait. mom is. Oh, it was in, she. When
4: she was over eighteen.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Hell no, we can't have that. Hey, you leave Priscilla out of this, young man. Stay focused. Great joke though. So uh in the in the process of going to Graceland, that that spun off into a series of Elvis impersonators at milestone birthday parties. Like my twenty-fifth birthday, you know, people's fiftieth birthdays, people's sixtieth birthdays. We had an Elvis impersonator. Well this year, really quick, I know. They went out and they got a McCartney impersonator. And I was really laughing because it was a really good McCartney impersonator. But in a backstage moment where I saw the guy getting into his Sgt. Pepper's album, uh, his, his jacket, I heard him mutter to himself. He's he had gotten so fat. He goes, I don't even fit in this jacket anymore. He's like, I should have been an Elvis impersonator. I could have kept eating. And I found that so funny and no one heard it but me. And I didn't comment on it. But I completely got it in that moment. The reason you only see rhinestone Elvis impersonators is because you can be fat and still do the gig.
4: Of course, also, it's crazy. At my birthday parties, we just had Ringo.
2: <laughs> you didn't even get him a Cardi impersonator. <laughs> no, so, it was
4: just it was the actual guy.
2: It's <laughs> like, yo, could you help a brother out? <laughs> He's like lettuce is seven dollars a head. Could you help me out? Yeah. Peace and love.
4: <laughs> oh. come on, me and my All Star band. We got a lot of lettuce. To eat.
2: It, it turns out he was in your Scared Straight. He's like, you got to apply yourself. <laughs> oh, great work.
4: <laughs> Oh, that is the greatest story, though. It's the the saddest moment a guy's ever had where he's like, I picked the wrong impression.
2: (laughs) It's really – I wanted to be like, dude, there was no right one. Oh, you're the best, man. Good stuff. (laughs) Everybody will see you at the Denver Improv. I'll talk to you soon, Diamond Dave.
1: Thank you, sir. My man.
2: Back after this.
1: You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America.
2: Bottom of the ninth here on Fox Across America, but the party is just getting started. I will be on TV tonight. I will be on The Sean Hannity Show uh, this evening, and I am scheduled to appear again tomorrow. If you missed any of today's TV appearances so far, I was on Fox and Friends First at 5 o'clock this morning. That is on the Fox Across America Facebook page. I will also post my appearance on Stuart Varney's show from 1130 today. Me and Varney got together, had a grand old time. Uh, But the party for you and me, man, I got to tell you, what a fun show. Game ball, the Diamond Dave Landau, uh, very wildly funny. And – Jason Chaffetz for taking us inside the House Speaker nomination process, a process that will very well be going on this time tomorrow because McCarthy just lost again. Uh, But either way, the show's over. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Don't be a—